0: Chapter 17 Part 2 of The Colored Cadet at West Point Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Ashen Flipper USA First Graduate of Color from the US Military Academy This is a LibriVox recording All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org Recording by James K White The Colored Cadet at West Point Autobiography of Lieutenant Henry Ashen Flipper u s a first graduate of color from the u s military academy chapter seventeen part two from the new york sun cadet smith's expulsion james w smith the first colored cadet appointed to the military academy of west point was dismissed after the june examination having failed to pass an examination in some other studies Recently, the Sun received letters from South Carolina charging that the prejudices of the officers of the Academy led to the dismissal And to ascertain the truth a Sun reporter went to West Point to investigate the matter He accosted a soldier thus Were you here before Smith was dismissed? Yes, sir. I've been here many years Can you tell me why he was dismissed? Well, I believe he didn't pass in philosophy and some other studies what kind of a fellow was he the soldiers thought well of him but the cadets didn't they used to laugh and poke fun at him in riding hall and in the artillery drill all of them refused to join hands with him when the cannoneers were ordered to mount this is dangerous once in a while for sometimes they mount when the horses are on a fast trot but he used to run on as plucky as you please and always got into a seat without help some of the officers used to try to make them carry out the drill but it was no use I never saw one of the young fellows give him a hand to make a mount. He was a proud negro, and had good pluck. I never heard him complain, but his black eyes used to flash when he was insulted, and you could see easy enough that he was in a killin' humor. But after the first year he kept his temper pretty well, though he fought hard to do it. Captain Robert H. Hall, the post-adjutant, said, Young Smith was a bad boy. Naturally bad his temper was hot and his disposition not honorable i can assure you that the officers at this post did everything in their power to help him along in his studies as well as to improve his standing with his comrades but his temper interfered with their efforts in the latter direction while his dullness precluded his passing through the course of studies prescribed reporter he was always spoken of as a very bright lad captain hall he was not bright or ready he lacked comprehension In his first year he was very troublesome. First came his assault upon or affray with another young gentleman, Cadet Wilson, but the court of inquiry deemed it inadvisable to court-martial either of them. Then he was insolent to his superior, on drill, and being called upon for an explanation, he wrote a deliberate falsehood. For this he was court-martialed and sentenced to dismissal, but subsequently the findings of the committee were reversed, and Cadet Smith was put back one year. This fact accounts for his good standing on the examination next before the last. You see, he went over the same studies twice. Reporter. What was Cadet Smith found deficient in? Captain Hall. His worst failure was in natural and experimental philosophy, which embraces the higher mathematics, dynamics, optics, mechanics, and other studies. He missed a very simple question in optics, and the examiners, who were extremely lenient with him, chiefly i believe because he was colored and not white tried him with another which was also missed reporter is optical science deemed an absolutely essential branch of learning for an officer in the army deficient in his studies captain hall it is useful to engineers for instance but that is not the question in most educational institutions of the grade of west point the standing of a student in his studies is decided by a general average of all studies in which he is examined here each branch is considered separately and if the cadet fails in any one he cannot pass i will assure you once more that in my opinion cadet smith received as fair an examination as was ever given to any student if anything he was a little more favoured reporter what was his conduct in the last year of his stay at the academy CAPTAIN HALL. GOOD. HE RANKED TWENTY IN A CLASS OF FORTY IN DISCIPLINE. DISCIPLINE IS DECIDED BY THE NUMBER OF MARKS A CADET RECEIVES IN THE TERM. IF HE GOES BEYOND A CERTAIN NUMBER, HE IS expelled. REPORTER. THIS RECORD SEEMS HARDLY CONSISTENT WITH HIS PREVIOUS TURBULENT CAREER. CAPTAIN HALL. OH. IN THE LAST YEARS OF HIS SERVICE HE LEARNED TO CONTROL HIS TEMPER, BUT HE NEVER SEEMED HAPPY UNLESS IN SOME TROUBLE. REPORTER. "'Have you any more colored cadets?' "'Captain Hall, only one, Henry O. Flipper, of Georgia. "'He is a well-built lad, a mulatto, "'and is bright, intelligent, and studious. "'Reporter. "'Do the cadets dislike him as much as they did Smith?' "'Captain Hall, no, sir. "'I am told that he is more popular. "'I have heard of no doubt he will get through all right. "'And here I will say that, had Mr. Smith been white, he would not have gone so far as he did other officers of the post concur with captain hall but the enlisted men seemed to sympathize with smith one of them said i don't believe the officers will ever let a negro get through they don't want them in the army cadet smith's career for the three years of his service was indeed a most unhappy one but whether that unhappiness arose from the infirmities of temper or from the persistent persecutions of his comrades cannot be authoritatively said one officer attributed much of the pugnacity which smith exhibited early in his course to the injudicious letters sent him by his friends in some of these he was advised to fight for the honour of his race and others urged him to brook no insult at the hands of the white cadets the menial duties which the plebes are called upon to do in their first summer encampment were looked upon by smith as personal insults thrust upon him although his comrades made no complaint Then the social ostracism to a lad of his sensitive nature was almost unbearable, and an occasional outbreak is not to be wondered at. Before he had been in the academy a week, he wrote to a friend complaining of the treatment he received from his fellows, and this letter being published, intensified the hostility of the other cadets. Soon after this he had a fight with Cadet Wilson, and cut his face with a dipper. Then followed the breach of discipline on Drill the court-martial and sentence, and finally, the Congressional investigation, which did not affect any good. Smith says that, frequently on squad drill, he was detached from the squad by the cadet corporal, and told that he was not to stand side by side with white men. West Point, June 19. The Colored Cadet. His trials and persecutions, three years of abuse, settled at last, Eli Perkins tells the story. To the editor of the Daily Graphic. About the 20th of May 1870 I saw the colored cadet James W. Smith land at the West Point dock. He was appointed by a personal friend of mine, Judge Hodge, member of Congress from Columbia, South Carolina. The mulatto boy was about five feet eight inches high, with olive complexion and freckles. Being hungry, he tipped his hat to a cadet as he jumped from the ferry-boat, and asked him the way to the hotel. "'Over there, boy,' replied the cadet, pointing to the Rose Hotel owned by the government. On arriving there, the colored boy laid down his carpet-bag, registered his name, and asked for something to eat. "'What? A meal of victuals for a nigger?' asked the clerk. "'Yes, sir. I'm hungry, and I should like to buy something to eat.' "'Well, you'll have to be hungry a good while if you wait to get something to eat here.' And the clerk of the government hotel pushed the colored boy's carpet-bag off upon the floor. Jimmy Smith's father, who fought with General Sherman, and came back to become an alderman in Columbia, had told the boy that when he got to West Point among soldiers he would be treated justly, and you can imagine how the hungry boy felt when he trudged back over the hot campus to see Colonel Black and General Shriver— who was then superintendent of the academy. The black boy came and stood before the commandant and handed him his appointment papers and asked him to read them. Colonel Black, Colonel Boynton, and other officers looked around inquiringly. Then they got up to take a good look at the first colored cadet. The colonel, red in the face, waved the boy away with his hand, and, one by one, the officers departed, speechless with amazement. IN A FEW MOMENTS THE NEWS SPREAD THROUGH THE ACADEMY. THE WHITE CADETS SEEMED PARALYZED. SEVERAL CADETS THREATENED TO RESIGN. SOME ADVOCATED MAIMING HIM FOR LIFE, AND A DEMOCRATIC plebe FROM ILLINOIS EXCLAIMED, I'D RATHER DIE THAN DRILL WITH THE BLACK DEVIL. BUT WISER COUNSELS PREVAILED, AND THE CADETS CONSENTED TO TOLERATE JIMMY SMITH, AND NOT DROWN OR KILL HIM FOR FOUR WEEKS, WHEN IT WAS THOUGHT THE EXAMINERS WOULD bilge HIM. On the 16th of June, 1870, I saw Jimmy Smith again at West Point, and wrote out my experiences. He was the victim of great annoyance. At these insults the colored cadet showed a suppressed emotion. He could not break the ranks to chastise his assaulter. Then, if he had fought with every cadet who called him a black-hearted nigger, he would have fought with the whole academy. Not the professors, for they have been as truly gentlemen as they are good officers if they had feelings against the colored cadet they suppressed them i say now that the indignities heaped upon jimmy smith would have been unbearable to any white boy of spirit hundreds of times a day he was publicly called names so mean that i dare not write them once i met jimmy smith after drill he bore the insulting remarks like a christian i expected it he said but it was not so at the hartford high school there i had the second honors of my class Then he showed me a catalogue of the Hartford High School, and there was the name of James W. Smith as he graduated with the next highest honour. On that occasion I asked Jimmy who his father was. His name is Israel Smith. He used to belong to Sandres Guinard of Columbia. Then he was a slave? Yes, but when Sherman's army freed him, he became a Union soldier. And your mother? She is Catherine Smith, born free here jimmy showed his mother's photograph she looked like a mulatto woman with straight hair and regular features she had a serious miss sidon's looking face how did you come to the point i asked well mr david clark of hartford promised to educate me and he got congressman hodge to appoint me how came mr clark to become interested in you well a very kind white lady miss loomis came to columbia to teach the freedmen I went to school to her, and studied so hard and learned so fast that she told Mr. Clark about me. My father is able to support me, but Mr. Clark is a great philanthropist, and he has taken a liking to me, and he is going to stand by me. What does Mr. Clark say when you write about how the cadets treat you? The colored boy handed me this letter from his benefactor. Hartford, June seventh, 1870. Dear Jimmy, Yours first instant is at hand and noted i herewith enclose stamps let them call nigger as much as they please they will laugh out the corner of their mouth before the term is over your only way is to maintain your dignity go straight ahead if any personal insult is offered resist it and then inform me i will then see what i can do but i think you need have no fear on that score have been out to Wyndham a few days all well and send kind regards mary sails for europe saturday president grant is to be here the second he will be my guest or governor Jules. yours etc d clark so mr clark knows the president does he why yes he knows everybody all the great men he's a great man himself and this poor colored boy stood up i thought the proudest champion david clark ever had yes david clark is a good man i mused as i saw the grateful tears standing in the colored cadet's eyes when i got back to the hotel i heard a wishy-washy girl who came up year after year with a party to flirt with the cadets say oh dear it is hard to have this colored cadet perfectly dreadful. i should die to see my george standing next to him but miss Shink, the daughter of general schink our minister to the court of st james told jimmy smith that she hoped he would graduate at the head of his class and when the colored boy told me about it he said oh sir a splendid lady called to see me today. i wish i knew her name i want to tell david clark every white boy at west point now agreed to cut the colored boy no one was to say a single word to him or even answer yes or no At the same time, they would abuse him and swear at him in their own conversation loud enough for him to hear. It is a lamentable fact that every white cadet at the point swears and chews tobacco like the army in Flanders. Again, I saw Jimmy Smith on the ninth of July. The officers of the Academy had been changed. Old General Shriver had given place to young General Upton. The young General is a man of feeling and a lover of justice. He sent for the colored boy, and taking his hand, he said, My boy... You say you want to resign, that you can stand this persecution no longer? You must not do it. You are here an officer of the army. You have stood a severe examination. You have passed honorably, and you shall not be persecuted into resigning. I am your friend. Come to me, and you shall have justice." Then General Upton addressed the cadets on dress parade. He told them personal insults against their brother cadet, whose only crime was color, must cease one day a cadet came to jimmy and said he would befriend him if he dared to but you know i would be ostracized if i should speak to you what was the cadet's name i asked oh i dare not tell replied the colored boy he would be ruined too did your father write to you when you thought of resigning yes here is his letter replied the colored boy columbia south carolina july three eighteen seventy my dear son I take great pleasure in answering your kind letter received last night. I pray, God, that my letter may find you in a better state of consolation than when you wrote to me. I told you that you would have trials and difficulties to endure. Do not mind them, for they will go like chaff before the wind, and your enemies will soon be glad to gain your friendship. They do the same to all newcomers in every college. You are elevated to a high position, and you must stand it like a man. Do not let them run you away, for then they will say, The nigger won't do. Show your spunk, and let them see that you will fight. That is what you are sent to West Point for. When they find you are determined to stay, they will let you alone. You must not resign on any account, for it is just what the Democrats want. They are betting largely here that you won't get in. The rebels say, if you are admitted, they will devil you so much that you can't stay. Be a man. Don't think of leaving, and let me know all about your troubles. The papers say you have not been received. Do write me positively whether you are received or not. Times are lively here, for everybody is preparing for the Fourth of July. There are five colored companies here, all in uniform, and they are trying to see who shall excel in drill. Stand your ground, don't resign, and write me soon. From your affectionate father, Israel Smith on the eleventh of january i visited west point again i found all the cadets still against the colored boy a system of terrorism reigned supreme everyone who did not take sides against the colored boy was ostracized at drill one morning cadet anderson trod on the colored boy's toes when smith expostulated anderson replied keep your toes away when smith told about it anderson got two other white cadets to say he never said so This brought the colored boy in a fix. Last July I saw the colored cadet again. He was still ostracized. No cadet ever spoke to him. He lived a hermit life, isolated and alone. When I asked him how he got on with his studies, he said, "'As well as I am able, roaming all alone, with no one to help me and no one to clear up the knotty points. "'If there is an obscure point in my lesson, I must go to the class with it. "'I cannot go to a brother cadet.' if you should ask them to help you what would they say they would call me a blank nigger and tell me to go back to the plantation yesterday after watching the colored cadet for three years i saw him again he has grown tall and slender he talks slowly as if he had lost the use of language indeed many days and weeks he has gone without saying twenty lines a day in a loud voice and that in the recitation room When they were examining him the other day, he spoke slowly, but his answers were correct. His answers in philosophy were correct. But they say he answered slowly, and they will find him deficient for that. Find him deficient for answering slowly when the boy almost lost the use of language? When he knew four hundred eyes were on him, and two hundred malign arts all praying for his failure? The colored cadet is now in his third year. The great question at West Point is, will he pass his examination no one will know till the thirtieth of june it is my impression that the young officers have marked him so low that he will be found deficient the young officers hate him almost as bad as the cadets and whenever they could make a bad mark against him they have done it does anyone ever speak to you now i asked no i dare not address a cadet i do not want to provoke them i simply want to graduate i am satisfied if they do not strike or harm me though if i had a kind word now and then i should be happier and i could study better then the colored boy drew a long sigh Today i met general howard who was present at the colored cadets court-martial i asked him to tell me about it well mr perkins said the general they tried to make out that the colored boy lied yes i interrupted and they all say he did lie at the point now how was it It was this way. They accused him of talking on parade, and, while trying to convict him out of his own mouth, they asked him if on a certain day he did not speak to a certain cadet while on drill. "'I did not speak to this cadet while on drill the day you mention," answered Cadet Smith, for the cadet was not in the parade that day. This answer startled the prosecutors, and, looking over the diary of parade days, they were astonished to find Cadet Smith correct. "'What then?' I asked why they accuse him of telling a lie in spirit though not in form for he had talked on a previous day just as if he was obliged to say anything to assist the prosecutors except to answer their questions general howard believes cadet smith to be a good honest boy i believe the same eli perkins from the savannah georgia morning news lieutenant flipper seems to have gone back on his atlanta friends He came home from West Point with a good academy record, behaved himself with becoming dignity. The officers at the barracks treated him, not socially, but as an officer of the army, with due respect, as did the citizens of Atlanta, who felt that he had won credit by his good conduct and success. But in an evil hour the colored friends of Flipper gave him a reception, and in full uniform he made them a speech. Now speech-making is a dangerous thing and this colored warrior seems to have been made a victim of it he distorted the official courtesies of the officers at the barracks into social courtesies and abused the white people of the south because they did not give him and his race social equality not only were sensible colored people displeased with his remarks but many white citizens who went to the meeting friendly to flipper left disgusted with his sentiments if a man walks on the streets with me invites me to his quarters introduces me to his comrades and other like acts of courtesy ought i to consider him treating me socially or officially i went to the garrison in atlanta to pay my respects to the commanding officer i expected nothing i met an officer who with four others had introduced himself to me on the cars my official call had been made he took me around introduced me to the officers and showed me all possible attention I met another officer in the city several days after this. He offered cigars. We walked up and down the streets together. Many times did we hear and comment upon the remarks we overheard. Is he walking with that nigger? And the like. He invited me into a druggist to take some soda water. I went in and got it, although it was never sold there before to a person of color. We rode out to the garrison together, and every attention was shown me by all another officer told me that before i came the officers of the garrison assembled to consider whether or not they should recognize me the unanimous vote was yes was all this official no it is the white people the disappointed tyrants of georgia who try to distort social courtesies in official ones the many white people were some half-dozen newspaper reporters whose articles doubtless were partly written when they came old sigh in his spectacles was prominently conspicuous among them from the savannah georgia morning news a colored army officer lieutenant flipper is his name he is a living result of the policy of radicalism which has declared from the first its determination that under any circumstances the american citizen of african descent shall enjoy all the privileges of his white brethren carrying out this determination and not dismayed at the fate of colored cadet smith who figured so largely in west point annals a few years ago cadet flipper was sent to that institution to try his hand he has graduated and now holds the commission of second lieutenant of cavalry in the united states army the first of his race who has ever attained such a position it will be curious to watch young flipper's career as an officer time was when army officers were a very aristocratic and exclusive set of gentlemen whether they still hold to their old ideas or not we do not know there seems to be enough of the old feeling left however to justify the belief that until some other descendants of african parents graduate at the institution flipper will have a lonely time during his cadetship we learn from no less an authority than the new york tribune the paper founded by Horace Greeley, that he was let severely alone by his fellow students. According to that paper, one of the cadets said, We have no feeling against him, but we could not associate with him. It may have been prejudice, but still we couldn't do it. This shows very clearly the animus which will exist in the army against the colored officer. If, at West Point, where he had to drill, recite, eat, and perhaps sleep with his white brothers, they couldn't associate with him, notwithstanding the fact that the majority of these whites were northern men and ardent advocates of radicalism with its civil rights and social equality record how can it be expected that they will overcome their prejudices any more readily after they become officers the tribune thinks they will and that in time the army will not hesitate to receive young flipper and all of his race who may hereafter graduate at west point with open arms but the chances are that the tribune is wrong Your model Yankee is very willing to use the Negro as a hobby-horse upon which to ride into place and power, but when it comes to inviting him to his house and embracing him as a brother, he is very apt to be found wanting. The only society Lieutenant of Cavalry Flipper can ever hope to enjoy is that which will exist when there are enough of his race in the Army to form a Corps d'Afrique, and by that time he will be too old to delight in social pleasures meanwhile he will be doomed to a life of solitude and self-communings and be subjected to many such snubs as the venerable frederick douglas has but recently received at the hands of that champion mourner for the poor african rutherford b hayes the new york tribune is right the army is officered by men not by west point cadets who are only students and boys from the savannah georgia morning news Cheers for Flipper. The miscegenationists and social equality advocates are making a great deal of noise over the facts. First, that a negro has graduated at West Point and holds to-day a commission in the United States Army, and second, that when he went up to receive his diploma, he was, alone of all the members of his class, the recipient of a round of applause. Great things are argued from these two circumstances, especially the latter. It is reasoned that now, that a negro has at last been able to secure a commission in the military service of the country, the first step towards the recognition of his race on the basis of social equality is accomplished. By degrees, prejudice will wear away, and, in course of time, black and white citizens of this republic will mingle freely and without reserve. And this, it is claimed, is shown by the applause with which the reception into the army of this African pioneer was greeted for our part we don't see that these negro devotees and miscegenationists have any reason to rejoice it is just as impossible to establish perfect social equality between the anglo-saxon and african races as it is to make oil and water unite it is against nature and nowhere in the world is the antipathy to such a mingling shown more than in the north and by no people so strongly as by the very men who whine so incessantly and so pretentiously about men and brethren. The Negro in the South has always found the white man of the South to be his best and truest friend, and such will always be the case, notwithstanding that the Southern white will never consent to social equality with his fellow-citizen of African descent. As to the applause which greeted Flipper, that can easily be accounted for. Nothing is more likely than that at West Point there should have been gathered together a lot of old-time south haters who were ready to applaud not so much to flatter flipper as to show that they were happy over what they felt to be a still further humiliation of the south that is all there is in that we have no objections to such demonstrations of delight as far as we are concerned they may be indulged in to the heart's content by those who so desire but one piece of information we can give to the young colored georgia lieutenant if he thinks those who applauded him are going to invite him to their houses he will be greatly disappointed and if he does not die of overeating until those invite him to dine with him he will live to a good old age let him take the fate of the recognized leader of his race fred douglas as an example and steer clear of his two demonstrative friends experience shows that so long as they can use him They will be very profuse in their professions of friendship. But when that is done, all is done, and he will find himself completely cast aside. If Flipper sees these words, let him mark our prediction. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Matthew 24.11. Amen. That is all that article is worth. From the Monmouth Inquirer, Freehold, New Jersey. Lieutenant Flipper When Congress founded West Point to be a training school for those who were to be paid as public servants and to wear the public livery, we do not think that it was intended that the institution should serve as a hotbed for the fostering of aristocratic prejudices and the assumption of aristocratic airs. Nor do we think that when Lincoln declared the negro a freeman and entitled to a freeman's rights, Either he or the nation designed that the dusky skin of the enfranchised slave should serve as an excuse for ignominy, torture, and disgrace. Yet here, this year, in the graduating class from West Point, steps a young man among his white-skinned fellows, fiftieth in a class of seventy-six members, whose four years of academic life have been one long martyrdom, who has stood utterly alone, ignored and forsaken among his fellows who has had not one helping hand from professors or students to aid him in fighting his hard battle, and whom only his own talents and sturdy pluck have saved from entire oblivion. Yet, in spite of all, he was graduated. He has left twenty-six white students behind him. He is a second lieutenant in the regular army, and the story of his struggles and his hard-won victory is known from Oregon to Florida all honor to the first of his race, who has stemmed the tide and won the prize. We do not think the faculty at West Point have done their duty in this matter. One word, one example from them, would have stopped the persecution, and it is to their disgrace that no such word was spoken and no such example set. I have not a word to say against any of the professors or instructors who were at West Point during the period of my cadetship, I have everything to say in their praise, and many things to be thankful for. I have felt perfectly free to go to any officer for assistance, whenever I have wanted it, because their conduct toward me made me feel that I would not be sent away without having received whatever help I may have wanted. All I could say of the professors and officers at the Academy would be unqualifiedly in their favor. End of chapter 17, part 2 end of the colored cadet at west point autobiography of lieutenant henry oshin flipper u s a first graduate of color from the u s military academy recording by james k white chula vista